From downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! How's it going, everybody? This is Nintendo Main, episode 302, and it's a new year, and we're fixing to level ourselves up. This tutorial needs a tutorial. Yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, this is Nintendo Main Podcast. I'm Jeremy, Master Oracle, and also 8-Bit Doe Woes, Mikowski. And I'm John, Elusive Score Knitter. And we're here to bring Trey's you... Trey's not. Well, and Trey's not. But yeah, we're here to bring you the... Uh, you can't spell nifty without NFT kind of news Ooh. in the gaming world that you want to hear. But anyway, like John was just saying, yeah, Trey's not here. I thought it, I should mention that one of my taglines last week was that 2021 was going the way of the Buffalo. So in a way, I feel like an Oracle because <laughs> a member of Nintendo <laughs> main podcast had to go to Buffalo kind That's of suddenly true. on a job. And I don't know, hopefully he's allowed to say where he went. I don't think that would be part of the NDA, right? People are I don't think so. Where he is. Cool. But yeah, that's all we know. It just was very sudden. And uh, as a result, he's not here with us, but he's there studying the different types of wings, I think, doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's off there on a you know secret mission, CIA yeah. stuff. Maybe you know, he'll meet up talk with about uh, our friend Nate, friend of the show, Nate and Kate, possibly. I think that's where they live. They or live Buffalo somewhere. Bill. Buffalo Bill, maybe. But anyway, we're here. Uh, John, how you been? Well, I've been okay, other than the fact that, well, I probably have COVID. Yes, I'm feeling all right. I, you know, I, I don't have a fever or anything, but I got cough and cold. And, you know, this is just after Christmas. And, you know, some other people that I was around are confirmed to have it. So it's probably the case. I get tested tomorrow. I am, you know, double vaccinated. I'm not boosted but, you know, I still got it. Probably. We'll confirm next week. But I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that I was at least double vaccinated because this could have been a lot worse. So basically, I've just been sitting at home, isolating as per usual. Do you um, feel Do you feel like you're feeling better than you were previously? Like, did, was it hitting you harder a few days ago? Yeah. So the hardest was probably on, I think it was Friday. I remember I just got really hungry. And then after I ate dinner, I crashed immediately. Like I, I fell asleep at seven o'clock and I ended up sleeping for 12 hours. I think I maybe had a little bit of a fever that night. I woke up in the middle of the night. I feel kind of warm and went back to sleep and I haven't had a fever or anything ever since. You might be able to hear it in my voice. I'm just a little congested and that's about it. So yeah, I'm uh, mostly I'm just pissed, you know? Yeah. As far as the other people you're around, which we may, we don't necessarily have to mention who they were, but are they doing better as well? Yeah. Yeah. And they're all Good boosted and everything well. so okay yeah so yeah most of that, i'm just i'm just angry is the worst part that i think i've been taking this all very seriously i've been isolating i've not been going anywhere that i shouldn't be you know i'm I haven't been going to the movies um, i haven't seen a movie in two years at a theater you know i'm 
I'm Christian, but I don't go to church. I watch church on video. I've been taking it seriously. And still after two years, here I am. So I'm just pissed at, at the people who are not taking this seriously. That, that's about it. Because I'm doing everything I can, I think. And still, here I am. Yeah, this shit's crazy, man. I think I, I talked about it a little bit last week. But yeah, it's just been kind of like literally here in the re- service industry scene in Champaign where I live. It's crazy. Well, the co-op here, they were down 15 out of 75 workers because of COVID. So what? they're like, a gr- they were down 15 out of 75 Oh, wow. their total staff because of it and well they're a grocery store so they're considered essential workers and then as far as the restaurant scene goes every every single restaurant's been hit hard enough where they've had to shut down suddenly or early because they don't have staff except for us we haven't had that happen yet luckily but it could still i hope it doesn't a lot of people yeah, wow. are getting it so i just kind of like i'm being as careful as i can i'm double masking and i as far as i know i haven't contracted it but who knows maybe i'm asymptomatic and i have had it because you're boosted as well right so you know, you might might have had it and you don't know it. So anyway, I'm hoping for the best. I think you're probably thinking the same thing about Trey having to travel suddenly. I hope he's okay. A lot of people that are doing, you know, traveling, that seems to be a huge cause of it. I mean, kind of obviously why, but still like right. people want to travel during the holidays or they have to, and they all end up in big hub kind of areas. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Get vaccinated, everybody. Please do, or I don't know. I mean, yeah, make your own choice, but just think about how this could be over sooner if everybody was a little more proactive. Right. The people who want to just, you know, get back to work and uh, go back to life as normal and all that. They think they want to get back to life as normal, but what they're doing in practice is negating all that and extending the pandemic and keeping it in limbo. Yeah. Right. So do what it takes to get back to life as normal. Get vaccinated, isolate all the above that you've heard for two years. And if you feel sick, don't go into work, even if, they're short-staffed yep even if it's just a cold and you know i felt it coming on and like but it was just so light at the time this was like right at christmas it was like so light it was like almost a non-thought really you know because it came on like right about christmas maybe it was christmas eve and so i I just didn't really even think about it i still went to christmas and i shouldn't have i wish i didn't i still went to my grandma's and hung out with people and all that stuff but it was just it happened to come on at that moment when I didn't really, it was just a little thing, like almost like a non-thought. Um, so I should have just been more aware and taken that more seriously and stayed home. It's tough because, you know, family and all that, they want you to be there. And uh, but Especially when it comes to yep. like grandparents who, yep. it's getting not to be cynical, but you got to hang out with your grandparents while you can. Right. Well, I think it goes without saying, John, but I, I understand why you would have still gone. And I mean, I would have done the same thing. So, I mean had to see your family yeah but uh i don't know i mean like we said you know you know our stance on it we we can drop it for now but uh hey do you want to move on to something a little more cheery maybe yes i do what we've been playing this week so monster hunter rise i got through the training and that training is dense there's a lot there um trey has feelings about the training i think if he were here he would say like don't do it (laughs) skip it and just learn from someone playing but I don't know. There is a lot to be said. Like if you are, if you can be that kind of a learner where a t- tutorial helps you, then, you know, more power to you. You might at least understand mm-hmm. the mechanics better. As a result, I just can't retain that stuff. I have to do it to learn it. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly ended up, I probably tried to read everything for the first 15 minutes, but I was like, this just keeps going. <laughs> so after a while, I was just hitting the button and scrolling through all the text and all that stuff. I'm sure it's a great game but i can't wait to get to the part where i actually get to get to play and not have things interrupt and people say hey did you know about this and learn this and that and all that um 
I think it would be good if if you, me, and Trey all went together. I think I could help you out a little bit. And I mean, we could definitely do that and learn a little bit. But Trey seems like he retains stuff better than I do as far as like buttons and stuff. Because he was basically taught me how to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's just a lot. Like, I think I'd say one big thing is just bumble your way through it at first. Spam. Pretend like you're playing Dynasty Warriors. You're just like spamming buttons at first. But then over time you learn, oh, well, if I do this combination of things, I can do this other attack. And then you'll start to get it over time because you just do it over and over again. But in the meantime, you're not fighting alone, you know, and you can stand back yeah. and heal and be safe because someone else is up there doing the fighting. And Or you can just, yeah, be killing smaller monsters and harvesting stuff while they're taking care of the boss, you know? Yeah, there's a lot to do with the multiplayer where it'll teach you and then also the wire bug is super important which it took me a while to learn the wire bug because there's a lot you can do spider-man thing yeah and initially you just kind of think of it as a you know means of traversal which it is it's really good for that but it's good for countering and uh what do they call it when you recover there you go recovery so if you get a knockback attack from from a monster you can use it to recover and then immediately go back into an attack rather than you know falling down and having to get up and then run back so once you learn how to do that it really kind of speeds up combat and helps you link more attacks together and it gets more satisfying i'm just wondering why is it that other action games can get started without a huge tutorial huge complicated tutorial like this and like why did they feel that all this text was necessary at the beginning i don't know I'd like maybe a more seasoned monster hunter could could clue me in as to why they might have gone that way but um, i would like to know it, the same <laughs> yeah yeah it just seems so off-putting and it's unfortunate because this is my third or my second i mean my second attempt at really trying to play a monster hunter game if you, if you want to count the wii one I, tr- I was interested in that one i was looking at videos and stuff i never actually played the wii one but i i really wanted to if i've ever encountered it at a best buy i would have picked it up at the time because i thought the series sounded so cool but it just seems like like there's probably more people like me who are kind of waiting the wings on monster hunter who are just like yeah i don't know like these tutorials are kind of nuts so hopefully they can they can focus on uh, uh fixing tutorials for for the next one to make them more accessible and appealing because yeah, I, I, what- again i see the hints of all uh, i see all the hints of that this is going to be a great game and i know you guys both put over 100 hours into it it's just wow what a what a tough start Yeah, so uh, I think one thing about the really dense tutorials also, okay, for one, that reveals that this game's got a rich history, which goes all the way back to the PS2. And I think it was just as convoluted, if not more so, back then. So think about building upon that sequentially with the the hardcore fans or the ones who are playing it. So I think it's just like you're adding more and more, but then you also have to, you want the new audience. And as a result, the game seems almost like there's gatekeeping, but it's more like tutorial gatekeeping more than the community because the community wants more people playing. Right. And everybody I've met who likes to play Monster Hunter, anyone I've heard talk about it on a podcast or a YouTube video is like, I want to teach people how to play. Like I see people on Twitter all the time. Like I don't understand monster hunter. And immediately someone's in the comments, like let's play a game. I'll teach you like, and I mean, I'm like that too, to an extent, I guess I'm a little less proactive about it, but I do want more people to learn because you know, once you get it, you're like, okay, I get it. I get it now. And it's more, yeah. it's also the meta game. Like Trey's talked about previously like the armor and then just opening up your village and getting more options to for your loadout and stuff and it's also just about like rivalry if there's people that you play with or you're like competing with each other or you're on a team it's also about like seeing cool costumes and wanting to look just as cool as those people or be just as strong as them you know and that kind of propels you forward as well Hmm. monster hunter great game we've talked about a lot on this podcast so yeah hopefully john hopefully you uh get a chance to play with 
Trey and I sometime soon, or even just me if you want at some point, and sure. we can kind of bumble our way through it a little bit. Uh, the other thing I tried this week was Gone Home. I started up that game. Um, you know, I mentioned before, I got you know what what remains of Edith Finch at the same time, and I was like, which one do I want to start first? And I, I just picked Edith Finch because um, they're kind of kind of similar they're pretty similar but this one um is a little bit more it's a little bit different in that it's more like you know pick up each item and explore each item and look around the house and explore the house yeah it, it's interesting it's, it's good too. put about maybe 45 minutes into it and i'm intrigued like i'm put, i'm piecing together what's happening so you get you get home and there's a note posted on the door and i think it's sounds like it's your your uh sister has written a note on the door basically saying you know don't come look for me don't look don't look around the house try and figure out where i am just let me be so that that's about it there's nobody home so far and it's 1995 and i'm trying to figure out what's going on with my family i don't know that's i'm intrigued i'm gonna keep playing this game and it's another it's basically a first person point and click adventure and i love those kind of games so i'm gonna play through this one you got it though don't you? Yeah. So my friend Nick, who I actually used to live with over 10 years ago, good friend of mine, recommended this game to me ages ago. I think it was maybe before the podcast even started, but it was on, you know, I played it on Steam, but obviously with the mouse and everything that worked great for this type of game. But yeah, I loved it. It was like nothing I had played at the time, which there's been more stuff that's kind of come out since, but I think owing a lot to this game. Um, this game is very, I think it's another one of those legendary indie games that kind of helped set the tone for what you could do with these kind of things. Like mm. as far as the connection to the human experience and also the context, you know, the context of what time it is, is kind of mm. fun. Like how they can just be like, well, that's this year. So it kind of gives you like a, in your own head, like you've got an idea of what that means. What, what was 95 mm. like? Like I picked up a TV guide and yeah. they had the whole TGIF lineup. And I was like, yeah, they got it right. Boy, Boy Meets World at uh-huh. 8.30, step-by-step at 9 o'clock. Yep, I remember all that. I think one thing I do want to say about that game that I just kind of thought of, but it's like your sister's like, don't look for me or whatever. And then the whole game is you snooping around. So you're, like, I that's guess it. You're, yeah, you're, you're, snooping. you're just being a meddling sister, I guess, but. It's all from a good place, I suppose. Yeah, it's a cool game. And it won uh, Game of the Year, uh, whatever year it came out, at the App Store on, on Apple. So that's what that was when I was first aware of it. Oh, this game seems pretty cool. Um, when it came out on Switch, I always you know, put it right on my wish list, and I finally got it. I think it's uh, it wouldn't be on sale anymore. But when it goes back on sale for 6 bucks or whatever it was that I got it for, yeah, I think it's worth picking up. Definitely. It's a it's a short playthrough, but I think it's got a pretty dense story, and it's pretty cool. And then the last thing I have for this week is that uh, in Hitman 3, I beat an elusive target with a perfect score. I was pretty proud because this is only my second elusive target that I've actually beat. And then when I saw that perfect score at the end, well, so this game, like it, it really makes your successes feel well-earned. So the mission, it took me 35 minutes. I had to sneak around, uh, watch, search for the target because this in these elusive target missions, they it's the only one where they don't, uh, you can't use your your instinct to see where the, the target is. Any other mission, you can hit the R trigger and you'll get like a radar vision of the world you can see sort of where all the people are and then your target is in red even if he's like a mile away you can see where where the target is but you can't do that with these you have to actually like know what the person looks like look at your mission briefing and walk around and find them among a crowd of in this particular case this is at the vineyard where there's 
couple hundred people. So you have to look at each person and know, oh, that's the guy. So that took about 35 minutes. And all the while, you know, you know that one screw up means that you will lose your chance at this target until you don't know when. They do cycle them back every once in a while, but you don't know when they're coming back. And so then I finally got them. Uh, you know, I walked out and I saw the perfect score and I was like, wow, these things are like, they're like a tightrope walk and stepping off the wire after so long with five stars, it just makes it feel like it's time well earned. So that's my Hitman 3 success for the week. Other than that, I have been going back to the game and trying some of the smaller missions and filling out my time with that. And I noticed, again, just a remark on the size of the game, uh, I got 320 hours into this game. But at you know at the, the level select screen, you can see what percentage of each, each level you've completed. And I realized that I only have one level that's over 50% complete. Out of 320 hours, my average is around 40% complete for each level. Wow. So I got a lot, long ways to go. And then they're going to go and release a whole new year worth of DLC. So... Yep. Games is a service, but I mean, that's okay yep. if it's good. Yep. But that's it for me. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's like winning, a, I don't know, it's almost like winning a tangible prize because it only exists in this short period of time and it was all merit based when you won it. So, yeah. Congrats, man. It is. Thank you. That's almost as good as like getting a, a first place in Tetris or something, which I still haven't. But when yeah, it happens, it's kind of comparable. You're right. I'll talk about it a lot. All right. Well, if that's all you've what been you playing. I, so, this week I played more Chicory, actually got through the second boss. But uh, I will say, I, I, I'm not necessarily ashamed, but I will admit, I had to turn down the difficulty. It gives you the option because uh, the bosses are really hard in this. And it Ugh. might have a lot to do with the way I'm controlling it because I'm doing the dual analog. You have to control your character and the, the paintbrush at the same time and they're both moving of their own accord so you're like dodging with your character while you're following the boss with the, the brush at the same time so it gets a little it can get a little confusing but uh eventually i did beat the second boss and it just got really really dark I mean, it it gets really dark on the bosses, and then the rest of the game's got a very whimsical tone. So I've been looking more into it since you guys have been talking about it, and it was on a direct or something a while ago, wasn't it? Is yeah, that where was. we first heard about it? So yeah, I know there was, there was the recent direct that it was on, but what was wasn't there one like a little while ago where we first got introduced I, to it? Or am I wrong? I honestly don't remember. If it was, it was before I, it was really on my radar because I've mostly just seen a lot of people talk about it on Twitter. Of course, once I found out, uh, Lena Rain did the music. I was more interested mm. in uh in hearing it because yeah this definitely has a big celeste vibe whether or not it's because of just the music or if it's just kind of like the tone of the game in general but in this case the main character you know whereas like in celeste uh, madeline kind of had like to deal with her dark side well in this case the main character is just kind of aloof and innocent at least as of now and it's the person they look up to who's kind of got this character arc happening of, of seeing like both sides of them you know it's like they say light reveals the shadows or whatever it is it's kind of like that. Like you can see the darkness when you take the color away. Yeah, it's really interesting. I changed my character's name to Chicken Tika because it's based off what your favorite yep. food is at the beginning, what they name your character. And I and I recently got a, I, for Christmas, I got an Instant Pot. I've been trying out some different recipes. And last week I made a Chicken Tika Masala and it came out really, really good. Nice. Was like, that was so good that I'm going to name my character after it. So I went in and found out how I could change my name. And that's the name of my uh, my little dog now. My little dog janitor. Nice. But yeah, the music's great. I could almost recommend this game exclusively on the music, but I do think I need to play around with the controls a little bit because it is getting to the point where I'm like, do I want to subject myself to this if it's going to be this frustrating or do I need to like find a more optimal control scheme? Maybe I just need to get more acclimated, but with all the puzzles and stuff, it just requires you to be more precise with moving two things at a time. 
I've been interested in this game like um since you guys been talking about it I, like for whatever reason it didn't register register with me on the directs and when you guys started talking about, about it i looked it up and yeah it looks really cool and it, so it's is it kind of an rpg or is it kind of like point and click or like what what style of game would you classify it as uh it's kind of a point and click it's like a point and click and action game at the same time so okay it's something that would have fit like trace said on the wii really well or the ds okay like think of lot do you remember the game lost winds on the wii shop yeah where you had to like move the remote to make the wind yeah but you're also moving your character around at the same time but you're using the wind to kind of affect how your character is it's something Mm. like that where you're using the paintbrush to interact with the environment and then your character as a result can like if they're standing near something when you paint it it might pop them up onto a ledge or you know what i mean or like okay you paint the ground completely at a certain point you can travel through it like you can the ink and splatoon and that allows you to like go underneath things and stuff so it's it's definitely an action game but at the same time it kind of has the feel of a point and click because you're literally using a mouse type interface to mm. interact with the world and then you know add that to an almost like minecraft or stardew valley sort of element slightly because you can customize the world with furniture and you can also color everything like everything is able to be colored with a palette and you can zoom in on it if you want and make little designs or you can write words if you wanted to you could do whatever you wanted with the environment as far as the color goes but likewise all the people that you talk to they have a certain way they want their house to be painted so that's kind of a little puzzle you have to solve based on what they tell you they want their house to look like there's a lot of little puzzles that are that revolve around the coloring book aspect of the game but in the meantime it, there are actual boss fights and they're really hard from what i've found out so far oh yeah i might get this game how much is it i think it was when i bought it it was i think it was 20 and I think that okay. was just, yeah, the, the introductory price. You might want to look and so, double check. Maybe it's 30, but I'm, I'm almost positive it was 20. Sounds about right. Yeah, anything uh, with like such a unique visual style like that and seems like it's got some unique gameplay to it as well intrigues me. Yeah, I will say I had to kind of stick to it to get kind of to where it clicked with me. But I think just don't get too overwhelmed with coloring things initially. And if nothing else, you can just paint everything one color and then you can come back yeah. and customize it later. Mm. Um, what you've been doing in Saints Row 4? Mostly just screwing around, but I'm at about 10 hours of game time. So, I mean, it's still fun. At this point, I feel like I'm just running around, getting all the flashpoints. I only have, I think, six or seven left. All the cops have gotten more aggressive because I've started actually going through and completing the story missions. So now they've started to like amp up their attacks. Like if, if I kill a few people, then little portals show up and the bad guys like start appearing wherever I go. I can't hide from them anymore. So oh, now wow. there's this little yellow orb I have to chase around the map and destroy to get rid of my notoriety otherwise it'll just like go away with time but you actually destroy this little yellow orb and it all gets erased it's a very interesting mechanic there was a really fun mission i played that maybe i'd heard about but i didn't know it's called fraud and what you do is you like use your superpowers to like run really fast and jump really high but then you hold down r and l and you turn into a ragdoll like you go to ragdoll physics and then at that point you're just trying to injure yourself as much as possible and it kind of like accumulates money based on like how many cars you run into or if you like run into in a, uh, <laughs> a truck and it knocks you into a wall you get more money that way so yeah so you're committing insurance fraud right exactly that's i i take you take it that's what the ascribed value is because you don't actually get that money it's just what's used as the metric of whether or not you finish the mission and like what you know whether you get bronze silver or gold that's funny it was actually really fun because like you just get to running really fast you jump up and as soon as you like boost you go to ragdoll and you're flying through the air and she just starts going holy shit this is gonna hurt 
And then like, <laughs> if I can, I like try to tie myself running into a, uh, like a garbage truck and that'll like fling you all the way across the map and you'll like hit a bunch of other shit. It's great. I love it. And then if there's like paying, casualties as a result, that's also great. Have you been paying attention to the new Saints Row that they announced? Not really. Yeah, because they announced I, a reboot a while ago. And I'm, I, I'm I knew that, sure but it's going to come out soon. I haven't seen any news or any like, maybe there was gameplay video at some point, but I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to it. I would hope they would bring a lot of the, because the first game didn't have as much of this stuff in it. I would hope they would bring a lot of this back. Silliness and all that. Maybe with a little more balance, because <laughs> this game's a... <laughs> I'm super OP and of course uh, it's because I'm on easy mode, but even in the, in the, you know, not on easy mode, I've heard it's pretty OP. Like for instance, I got, I started using the gang ability and I'm realizing like, at least at this point in the game, it's just for battle assistance and I don't need that. So I'll bring my gang in and then I end up accidentally killing them because I'm like Oop. blowing everybody up and they just like, they're just in the way. So, so far that's not really been helpful, but I did get like this little AI thing that follows me around and, and stuns bad guys. That's kind of nice. Another kind of cool thing is that I noticed, uh, I finally figured out how to mess with the radio and see what songs were on it and stuff. And I saw there was this song by someone named Kirkwood West. I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? And I'm like, who's Kirkwood West? And I realized, well, Kirkwood is like a brand of stereo, I think. Or no, that's Kenwood. Mm. Kirk, maybe Kirkwood's a brand of like camping gear or something. But uh, isn't that the that's the the Costco brand, right? It might be. I've, I've Kirkwood. Seen I've seen yeah. it. But anyway, this is a actually is a local DJ where I live. Oh, okay. I, I don't I wouldn't say like I'm friends with the guy, but I know him. I've talked to him before, you know. And he's been a, a DJ at a lot of places I've been in the past. So I was like, oh hey, that's kind of cool. He's in there. And then I realized, well, the game was made in my hometown. So I still think that's pretty cool that they included somebody from here. That's cool. Like, yeah. On the soundtrack. Also, at one point during a pivotal cutscene, which I won't spoil, like someone is sitting there, so a character is sitting there and they get a call on their cell phone and they look at it and they're like, I don't recognize this number. They're like, do you know anyone with a 217 area code? And that's the area code where I live. So <laughs> another little shout out. You're like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Me <laughs> and my mom and my dad and lots of other people the other thing is i got telekinesis as a power which is pretty cool nice it's almost as cool as explosive i like explosive the best still but it's kind of fun to grab a car and throw it off into the distance it just disappears yeah or you pick up a car and throw it at another car or you pick up a person throw them at another person ad infinitum it's fun It, it doesn't really get old if you're just feeling like acting silly this game's fun. 99 cents. Well, well spent. <laughs> yeah, I got to uh, get into it because I got it as well, but I played it for maybe a couple couple minutes. Well, you have GTA, so I could see you not, you know, being more distracted. I do. I have the three GTAs and I got Hitman, all these sandbox action games. So I'm a little bit distracted, but I think I could stand to focus on Saints Row 4. So I also kept playing Slay the Spire this week, just a little bit here and there. It's it's very much a bite-sized game, which I like. And I went and I played a few more rounds and finally beat the first boss, which is all random. So I had never faced this boss before, but for whatever reason, I just got there with enough power and good enough cards and I actually understand the strategy a little better now. So yeah, finally. So I feel like I'm making progress. And right now the only visible metric of that is that I'm just unlocking more characters to go through the adventure with. And each one has different stats and different ways they use cards and different cards 
they get just in general everybody has like their own types of decks they get in, in a lot of different ways so yeah it's fu- it's a fun game though i mean i imagine i'll just be playing it a little bit here and there and i don't know if i'll ever truly get obsessed with it like i was hades but it's got that same sort of appeal that same allure where you just want i've to heard think. the name again and again but i don't really have any conception of what the game is so it's like it's a little bit like hades but you got cards and- a little bit yeah the way it's like hades is that it's a roguelite it's very much more a rogue like than a rogue light because you really do lose everything except for as far as i can tell you lose everything except for just you're just unlocking more content to do your runs with but i don't think you're getting stronger i guess the characters are stronger like the guy i unlocked at the third tier was definitely like more capable of getting through than the initial warrior class that they they give you but you also face different types of enemies with different attacks depending on who you pick but it's all randomly generated and you have you know this branching path that you're moving up and you'll see you know based on what you do do you want to fight an enemy next do you want to fight an upgraded enemy like a harder enemy do you want to fight or do you want to get a treasure do you want to go to a campsite so you can heal or upgrade a weapon you know so you just have all these different options there's question marks which will just be random things that may be good or bad along the way like sometimes you just have no choice in the matter of whether you end up on the the random ones so there's a lot of randomosity but you always have like a 50 50 choice of where to go next and then actually you'll get a boon at one point that allows you to pick whichever spot on the next tier of the path you want to go in spite of the branch so there's that too ultimately it's just a randomly generated dungeon crawler it's just all card based and how your combat works they kind of like batten kaidos like used cards or something to it's a little attack. bit like that without a story like there's no story whatsoever so not as good as that game but a very different kind of game with us i guess a somewhat similar card based battle system i mean kind of similar i guess so well, you're doing uh, stardew on the tablet huh yeah so i keep playing stardew on my tablet it's probably what i use the kindle for the most because really i just bought the kindle to check social media and i also use it to watch star trek except they took star trek off of of there so i'm kind of upset oh but, no i mean i could probably just download netflix and watch it there i just i've just been using the the included prime video but for whatever reason they took star trek off there so i was like what the hell am i gonna watch and then i ended up watching alien last night which was awesome i haven't seen that movie cool. in years and i love that movie it's basically I've actually never seen alien yeah, I mean, one of my cinema sins i've never seen it metroid was so inspired by that movie i mean that's no surprise to anyone oh yeah ridley's I mean, literally yeah yep. ridley's definitely but man, I, I was actually having fun watching it last night, kind of thinking like, what is this? Like, how does this remind me of Metroid? And just so much about it. What a cool movie. I love that movie. Anyway, but besides that, I've been playing Stardew and uh, that game's way more chill than Alien. <laughs> the pros they put that con- on the box. Way more chill than Alien. <laughs> Maybe the Haunted Chocolatier will have... Uh, <laughs> whatever they're calling it what are they called more more something morphs xenomorphs xenomorphs the haunted, yep. the haunted chocolate xenomorph <laughs> the new chocolate uh, bunny there you go I will say the pros and cons are becoming more apparent of like, you know, physical versus touch controls. I still think I like the physical controls way better to the point where I've almost considered just abandoning this one or feet or even just at the same time, starting a farm, a second farm on my switch. But I don't know if I really want to do that to myself. I, I think I'm just going to stay having this as my tablet diversion that I can, you know, if I don't have anything else to play and I just feel like goofing off for a little while because Stardew is also very bite-sized. Like you can spend less than 20 minutes with it and get 
get a lot done. But I'm, right. de- I'm definitely making progress faster. You know, I'm on, I'm on the second season and I've already gotten a bunch of the community center goals or most of what I can so far completed. So and I've already gone into the mines and gotten a bunch of ore, which I don't think I did until the second year previously because I was just so focused on farming. But yeah, I've been trying to like stretch myself out a little more and not do as much farming because as much as I love the payout of farming, it's just so monotonous. And I don't know, sometimes I just look at those fields that I have to water and I just turn off the game. (laughs) <laughs> and I just don't do it. And then I come back later, of course, and I do it. But yeah, it can get a little overwhelming. The more chores you create for yourself in that game, the, the more monotonous it is. But if you divide them up am- amongst a bunch of different things, it's more fun. You should have a partnership with like Instacart or something where you, you farm and then you get actual vegetables in the mail. Something to like, I don't know, bring bring forth the, get past the monotony. Like I'm doing this for a reason. Well, there is a there is a place blanking on the name of it, but oh, Jojo Mart. So Jojo Mart's like the kind of Walmart slash Amazon. And if there is is a bad guy in the game it's them and by supporting the local shop pierre's and not shopping at jojo mart you can kind of i guess sort of alter the story but jojo mart sells things for cheaper and they're also never closed they're always open well they're all they're open every day they're not always open but they're open later and they're open every day so they're they're kind of trying to like take over the community center and make it into like another store but the rest of the town doesn't want that they want it to turn into like you know an actual community center so that's kind of the story of stardew so so if they if you could go to Jojo Mart and order real groceries, that would totally fit the feel of the game. Nice. One thing I played this week that was kind of fun, and I did I had mentioned it last week because we were talking about gifts we got, but I forgot the gifts I gave. And I gave Shauna Family Feud on the NES. Oh, great. So we played that a little bit this week and, you know, obviously a lot more rudimentary. We're, I was doing some research and it's based off of the Apple IIe game. Like that was, this is a conversion of that. So it's from like 87, but the game came out in like 1990 on the NES, but I don't know if it was updated at all because the questions seem like to be to predate even that, that, that date. So <laughs> it's just really old school, but I kind of like it. We were having a lot of fun with it, but saw a lot of repeated categories very quickly, but we're just playing the, the one player mode and like kind of like sharing answers. It's totally, it totally works that way because it's like we're on the same fam, you know, the same family team anyway. And we've tried doing two player, but it's not as fun. So Did you ever get any really like specifically 1987 questions like i don't know what happened on the third episode of alf or whatever no there was like who's the oldest living celebrity kind of thing where it was like okay well (laughs) (laughs) who is still alive and is this 1990 or is this 1987 you know so like i was like okay george burns has got to be up there and of course he was but there weren't i didn't really I recognized everybody, but I just wouldn't have even, it wouldn't occur to me because they've been gone for so long, that, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess like, yeah, that's definitely a very specific to its era question, but no, I didn't see anything that's like, what color is the most popular of leg warmers or something like that, <laughs> which is probably hot pink, but oh yeah, we'll see. I'll, hot I'll pink let you was big know. in 1987. Yeah. I, I, even in the, in 1990, as far as I know. It was, there was a whole like neon wave i remember neon being really big like if you had the neon markers in first grade you were the cool kid and the trapper keeper with with oh yeah you gotta have that with the neon weird random neon shapes on it but yeah that was uh one thing and then i i didn't mention it also last week and i wanted to mention it on the show but just an off chance she would listen to us i i bought this a while ago right after you showed it on the show i bought the ddr tiny arcade we bought it yeah i bought it for for shauna for christmas and uh i gave it to her she was just like what Yeah. She was kind of baffled about it. We played it for a little bit. And yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> it's it's a novelty. That's it what looks, it is. It looks cool, but as a game, it's not that good. <laughs> no, it's three songs that are like 45 seconds. And, uh, you know, there's you can switch up the challenge if you want to. You're not going to get much out of it. It's more about just like, hey, I've got DDR on my desk. 
I can play with my fingers. It's kind of cool. It makes, again, it makes me wish that those guys from Retrocade made a real DDR, a real mini DDR. I think that would be awesome. Like if you could hook two of them together, you could have little finger battles. That would be great. Well, it'd be but, even cooler is if it had a, a video out and you could plug like a full-size mat into it and have a DDR machine. But that's something that Konami would probably just do as a game to service. I'm surprised they yep, haven't. I think yep. it was a missed opportunity during the pandemic for them to bring back DDR and get people moving to the music. You're right. Yeah, that would be a perfect pandemic game. Uh, it would have been. Oh well. Oh well, though. Yeah, she put it on a shelf, and it looks kind of nice, you know. So it, it got, it got, it's getting some use as a, as, as a novelty. <laughs> Yeah, it's something for when you have guests over. People are like, oh, is that a little DDR? Yep, it is. That's about it. That's about where it ends. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about this week was my 8-bit dough. It just more and more so I'm having trouble getting it to connect to the console wirelessly. And oh, no. I just have to use my cord. And then it, it always works with the cord. Well, most of the time, I'd say 10% of the time, it takes forever to connect it with the cord, too. I can't even get it to interface wirelessly with my dock downstairs anymore. And it works sometimes with the one upstairs, but I don't know what's going on with it. I've tried the troubleshooting that I see online. I've tried resetting it. I've tried, uh, well, you know, taking the battery out and putting it back in. And I've tried changing it to like, let's go to the Windows version and then let's go to this version and then let's go back to the Switch, you know, like mm. because you do it by like start and holding a button instead of like with a Switch. So I'm trying to decide what I want to do because not only that, but I noticed, and I don't know if it's from dropping it, which it may very well be, but both of the control sticks have started to crack to where they're the, the little like circle thumb pad, like one of the edges of it's actually cracked to where it's like coming off. And I don't know if it's just a cover and there's a stick underneath it. And if that's the case, maybe I could remove it and put a new cover on it and fix it that way. But it's the left stick and it's, I noticed it when I was playing Saints Row. I was playing that and, I, and a lot of that is like holding the stick in whatever direction you're moving and I noticed it was cracked where my thumb was and I'm like what the hell mm. so it's not as comfortable to hold once it breaks off it's going to be especially shitty so not feeling great about my 8-bit dough right now and I've had it for a couple of years maybe it's just time to upgrade finally I don't know to get the pro, think, you, have the, you have the pro one the original yeah maybe I should get the pro two but in the meantime do I just give up on this one or do I try to fix it because I mean it'd be great to have two that worked sure not just one that worked and one that was kind of halfway worked I think you ask yeah. yourself how much time would that take to repair and is that worth is the $50 to get the new one were it worth it versus spending the time repairing the other one yeah the other side of it, of course, is that it's a second controller, which I don't really have in a, a traditional sense. I've got the Joy-Cons I can turn into a second controller, but I don't have like a second actual self-contained controller. So who knows? Maybe expect to hear me mention buying another one soon. But for now, I'm just going to bitch about it. And the Pro 2 is still early, early enough in its life cycle like that you wouldn't have to worry about, oh, the Pro 3 is coming around the corner if you were to get it. Yeah. Possibly. It's about a year out. There there might be a new one in the next year or so. That's pretty much it for me, though, this week on, on gaming. All right. Well, you want to move on to the news? Yeah, let's do news now. Here is the news. I promise you it's the news. So if we're looking at the retail report new releases, we had Mario Golf Super Rush DLC, where now you can play as NES Open Tournament Golf Mario. They, that's the old USA rah-rah sis boomba Uncle Sam Mario that you remember with the you know, striped pants and all that stuff. So wow. that's pretty cool. Going back to the original Mario Golf game. What did Trey say in the Slack? Like he felt it was kind of like punishment for saying or for making fun of the hat or something. <laughs> something <laughs> as like one that, of the yeah. DLCs, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't played this game in a while. I mean, I did put it on my top 10, as you could hear last week, but I haven't played it in probably a month. 
but it's fun. I just have it. Maybe I want to look like Uncle Sam Mario. Maybe I should go back. Maybe that'll draw you back in. I don't know. Uh, yeah. His draws will draw me back in. <laughs> you know, we were talking about what happened to Shadow Man. And they actually just announced the release date. So Shadow Man Remastered is coming to Switch in January. And the date is, let me pull it up, January 17th. So just about, what, a week and a half away? Did you ever play Shadow Man? I didn't, but I've heard Trey talk about it plenty. Yeah, I got it for the 64 back in the day when it came out. And uh, I played it for a little bit. I ended up, I didn't, I didn't like it at the time. And I ended up contacting... I think it was Activision that published it. And I said, hey, you know, I don't really like this game. Can I, you know, what, what, what can we do? And I ended up trading it like by mail. Like they said, oh yeah, just like, I couldn't, I couldn't send it back to the store for whatever reason. They said, oh yeah, you just, you know, send us the game back and then we'll send you a different game. And I think I ended up getting a baseball game. I did, I do kind of like baseball games. And then I ended up trading that in to GameStop. So that was about my experience with Shadow Man. But I don't know, maybe, I guess people have been talking about it for 20 something years. So maybe I, I missed the boat on it. Maybe I misunderstood it i don't know trey seems excited about it i so think that's that coming would be 17th if nothing else it's worth it if it uses the n64 controller oh yeah yeah i hope they can make that so you can use the 64 controller be a simple patch if it wasn't already included that seems logical yeah i don't know I'll, I'll probably just wait on what trey has to say about this one goldeneye is getting a digital release on a uh, console but not on nintendo they're so releasing is, is it on confirmed? xbox have they officially yep. confirmed it or now okay because i know i saw this week there is a an achievement list leaked for it before any sort of official announcement oh maybe that's what i saw I, I guess i don't know if it was confirmed officially but it sounds like it's pretty pretty certain i mean that sounds pretty official hopefully they can work something out i mean they have a friendly relationship you know with microsoft and nintendo now it, it belongs on nintendo hopefully they do the right thing i'm hoping that it's just like a, a timed exclusive or something and then it comes out later on on switch there was I a would get uh, it. there was a version that was supposed to happen on xbox live years ago and it was like a remastered version but supposedly this is not that this is the uh this is just a port of the n64 version so that's even more reason to believe it would come to the switch eventually but i guess that's ultimately up to microsoft and how they feel about it yeah and hopefully they would just put it on the nso what about this i think we got to mention this um because i don't really understand completely what nfts are and never will i say that i do and i I actually don't want to give the brain power to understanding it maybe i'll regret Mm. that someday and wish i had who knows but um like i said you can't spell nifty without nft (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, Square Enix wrote, I guess it's like an annual letter that he writes. Yeah. Where he kind of like states what the company wants to do in the coming year and like the president. What, yeah. Yeah. What they had accomplished previously and what they saw moving forward. And uh, they've got some crypto ideas, right? Or at least he does. Yeah. They expressed uh, an interest. They said, uh, he said he hopes that it becomes a major trend in gaming going forward. And people were not taking kindly to that. So. Kotaku published the first article and then also the second article, which said the Japanese internet reacts to Square Enix's crypto plans. And yeah, it was nothing good. Um, I can't see people like, is anyone going to be like, like, yes, I'm so excited. Finally, NFTs are coming to Square games and this is a great thing and all that. Uh, I don't think anyone would react like that. So I think at best people would be like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of negative reaction to these things because one, a lot of people don't understand them. And two, a lot of people like myself feel like when I buy a game, I kind of want that to be it like i wanted to buy the game and have the i don't want to buy a game piecemeal 
I don't mind games as service. I understand that, especially if you know, I spent, it'll be close to $300 on, on Hitman, but they're not like charging me for one weapon that, you know, is going to be an exclusive weapon to me. And that's a whole different thing. I think that is just, I don't know, silly. And they say that these NFTs are, you know, one of a kind, whatever. I am no computer expert. I'm no coding expert, but I do know that code gets cracked. And you say something is unhackable. Like, I I kind of just don't believe it because so, things keep getting hacked. So you, so you might end up paying a bunch of money for something that somebody uh, much smarter than me figures out a way to copy it and replicate it. So here's kind of what I understand. And okay, so speak, speaking of Saints Row soundtrack earlier. Uh, this guy's actually on the soundtrack. There's a band called Three Loco, and Andy Milanakis was in that band. So Andy Milanakis mm-hmm. raps on Saints Row 4, if you want to hear that. <laughs> but he's like an NFT guy now. And I mean, it's kind of annoying. I haven't unfollowed him, but he's been kind of my my like window into the space because he, he made his own like series that he's selling and all this stuff. So I guess like vicariously, I've been able to kind of figure it out a little bit. I still, I still think it's kind of bullshit, but I've seen a lot of people have been getting like tricked into clicking links that'll steal their NFTs. That's the thing. Like, I haven't seen anybody. I, I've seen like there, there are people that have figured out how to copy the source code like exactly or whatever. I don't know what that means exactly, but that does exist now where you can copy it and have like what would appear to be an exact replica digitally but the other thing is that it's just the old school scamming of like hey give us your bank account you know it's, except now it's like give us your crypto wallet link or whatever and uh <laughs> and people are getting scammed that way where they're just getting their shit taken away but yeah some of these things like i just looked up like what some of these things were worth and people are paying like twenty five thousand dollars for some of these things we're like you can get like one of the ones of andy milanakis for like a grand but it's still it's crazy to think like and they don't look cool <laughs> they're stupid yeah. little weird pixely looking things you know that you would think that'd be cool because pixel art's great but they don't it's not good pixel art it's shitty pixel mm. art. so anyway like, how do you display it like if i'm a, if i am into collectibles typically it's because i want to put it on a shelf and have it in a room that i can walk around and show people hey this is this and you know have a look at that i don't know I, that that part of it really doesn't make sense to me because collecting is about showing and displaying and you know, ha- having it arranged in your room and you know people something tangible that- to look at but you're just having this thing on your computer that you well, for can't one thing, look at in that way people will put put it as their twitter icon so that's one way you display it true um, another way is they buy like screens that they just display. so you know just have a screen in your house that has it like a digital photo frame that's one another way people display this shit so i mean there are solutions as far as that's concerned but it was it still was it worth as much as you paid for that digital image when you could put like a really cool photo that you got off shutterfly for free or whatever on there mm-hmm. I, I don't know anyway not saying that you should steal from shutterfly either but <laughs> like like, I, I just, the thing is, they're going to do it. It's inevitable. Everybody's going to do it. It's a very much like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Where people know they have to get into the space. And especially once Zucker, Zuckerberg did the whole meta rebranding of Facebook and the whole metaverse that they're creating. And it's a yeah, very ble- bleak looking future. VR. Yeah. It's a very bleak future if it's the future we have to look forward to where everything's, every digital thing is comes with a physical price now. I guess yeah. to a small extent, games have been doing that. Video games have been doing that for a while but at least there's i don't know at least they ha- offer enjoyment i don't mind paying for things in rupees you know well i mean like, like buying yeah. a, a digital download of a video game is like right right you're, you're paying for access you don't own it so in a way it's kind of rudimentarily similar i guess but whatever square you can fuck right off I, i'm not going to pile drive an nft which is a, a joke i made in reference to the phantom train in final fantasy 6 that you could pile drive yeah. if that were an nft mm-hmm. i wouldn't do it because uh, i wouldn't have it i guess okay with with the idea that these are 
inevitable. As long as things don't devolve to where it's, again, pay to win, or if you can buy the coolest gun or whatever for $25,000, then you're the best player automatically in the MMO. Like, yeah, they got to they gotta watch that kind of stuff. If it's purely decorative, you know, you would just want to wear like a cool piece of armor or whatever. I guess it doesn't hurt to have that available for 25000 50000 whatever people are willing to pay. You know, just know that I'm never going to pay it. And so keep some options for people like myself in your core game that are free and just part of the, not free, but just part of the core game that you pay for one time. Yeah, I'm ready for this to be a thing of the past. I really hope that that happens but sadly crypto is here to stay to some regard i think that's about it for the news it's kind of a light news week you yeah. want to move on to our topic i would love to move on from the news Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! <laughs> With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo may never made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendomate Podcast! Game over!
So our topic this week was, you know, it's a new year. We got, we got a chance to start over, but it's also a great time to make goals. And I thought, you know, rather than say like, Hey, I'm going to exercise every day, which I should do, or I'm going to have a better diet, which I should have, or I'm going to stop eating out as often, which also goes along with that. What about, we just said, here's three gaming goals we have this year. We don't, it doesn't even have to involve, you know, necessarily spending money. Although mine does, one of mine does, it could be something that you already have been putting off for years. Maybe you're just like, this is the year 2022. I'm going to make it happen. And I thought, Hey, let's just come up with three goals each. How about I start with what one of my goals this year is. This year, I want to finally beat a Souls game. I've never been able to get into a Souls game. I own the first Dark Souls on Xbox 360. So this is one of those cases where if I really wanted to, I could just play that. And I don't know if that was a... No, that wasn't a remaster. That's the original one. So if I wanted, I could also get the one on Switch, which goes on sale pretty often for around 30 bucks. I don't know if I will buy it or not, but I think I just want to finally understand Souls. I understood Monster Hunter last year. This year, I want to understand Souls, I think. That's deep. (laughs) There's also just, I, I don't know, Sekiro. I always mm-hmm. wanted to play Sekiro. That game looked so cool. And that's a soul. Remember stick. that one. Yeah, it's on PS4, so maybe that's the one I'll get. But yeah, it's a it's another Sekiro. I think it's called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And it's a Souls like, but you're a samurai. And, oh yeah, I remember that one though. And it looks really, really cool. It looks like it's really fucking hard, just like every other Souls game, I guess. But yeah, I want to try it. So that might be the one I do. But whatever one I beat, I want to at least be able to say, hey, I understand Souls games now. I beat one. What is it that draws you to these games that makes you want to beat them uh, i just kind of want that badge because like a lot of the people i listen to a lot of the podcasts i love that are gaming related they all like souls they almost all like souls games to some extent and i haven't been able to wrap my head around it i think it's because it's rpg adjacent like i, w- I would like to understand it for that reason and like i just said also like monster hunter that kind of inspired me like if i could actually finally get into monster hunter that i could probably make my brain get around you know resident evil it took a really long time for me to get into resident evil but then four came out and it took me a while to, to even get into that one but once i beat it i was like holy shit resident evil is great did i ever beat another resident evil after that no but still i played a lot more after that my first goal is to face down something that i see every day in my living room uh, i have this half set up multi-system arrangement with cords all over the place i want to get that in order i want to ha- have every one of my systems hooked up to my TV with a switcher box so that I can play any system from ColecoVision all the way through to Switch at any time that I want. So I want to get all the cords organized. It's a nightmare of cords back there right now. In fact, I've had my TV sort of, uh, I have the whole entertainment center sort of out from the wall about a foot and a half or two feet just so I can get back there and eventually set up the wires and run them through the sleeves and all that stuff, make them make the wires disappear. I want to, yeah, I want to complete that and make it look nice. So that's my first goal is just to get all those cords arranged and system set up and then i guess i could add on to that having the rest of the living room entertainment space set up get my couch and all my paraphernalia hung up on the walls and all that stuff you'll feel really great once you do i know from yep. putting off getting my office set up the way i wanted to and i mean there's still some stuff i want to do but once i had like all the decorations up and and kind of like decluttered the space a lot which it's still you know you have to maintain that it's going to clutter up again but yeah not having to unplug stuff and plug it in over and over again like anytime i want to play something like all that it pays off in the future you know you're just doing all that work ahead of time and then eventually you're saving yourself a bunch of work once you catch up that's how i try to look at it but i'm also not great at 
hooking everything up, which I currently have like three systems hooked up of my classic consoles, but any other time I, I have to like find like my Sega Genesis adapters and hook everything up on the fly. Yeah, it's a deterrent to actually playing with things. So it's just like to have them all set up at once, I'll actually use them rather than just look at them. And right now I've got a pretty good, I've got a pretty good setup. I got the Ikea shelves. I have, I think I have 18 systems or something like that all in the in the cubes and um, it's just, they're sitting there doing nothing. So I want to put that issue to bed, get my living room all set up. That's resolution number one. That's a good resolution. That's within your grasp. I think this resolution is also within my grasp, but it does involve spending money unless, well, unless someone else buys it for me, but I want to get Family Feud for every Nintendo system. And right now, I think I'm almost there. What are you missing? Game Boy? Missing Game Boy. Missing, um, see, I don't know if there's a Game Boy Advance one. I mean, I'm, I'm being specific here. So I'd want to get it for DS. I'd want to get it for uh, N64 and uh, Wii U if there's a Wii U one. So yeah, I'm being very specific here. Every, I want one for each system at least. Yeah. And then maybe eventually everyone. But I think it's an attainable goal and it's just kind of a little fun thing that we got into after I picked up the Super Nintendo one on, well, after we bought the Switch one and then I grabbed the Super Nintendo one at MGC, it's just been kind Kind of like cascading which sean actually bought me a, a kind of a board game version of it for christmas as well so we're just getting real feuded out over here and <laughs> i just want to keep that up and then eventually i can say hey i own ever a family feud for every nintendo console we can't find one for gamecube like listed anywhere so it's possible there's not one for gamecube but if I find one, I'm after it. And then if it turns out to be extremely expensive, then I won't be able to have my goal. <laughs> I think that if you were to get every Family Feud game out there, it's almost 100% guaranteed that you would be the only person in the world with every Family Feud game. Like well, I, I, don't, I don't see anybody else collecting Family Feud games. I don't want to do it for like all the different PC versions and stuff. That's that's scary. I thought you were saying, I don't want to do it for the glory. <laughs> I want to do it oh, for the Oh, it's all about the glory. Yeah. The love, the love is, it's not as strong as it was even a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> I still, I still think it's fun. I think that's a realistic goal. Now you have me wondering how many family feud games are there? And then would you, once you get your collection, would you expand into other game show games? Like, I mean, there's been a, I'm sure there's been a jeopardy for every console, probably wheel of fortune for every console. Yeah. In fact, I've seen those at disc replay for like the PS1 and stuff, which haven't found feud games for that, at least not at not at the physical store. But it's far too rich of a legacy to, to get into for every console and every release. But focusing on my my fanboy here, I think for the Nintendo stuff, it's it's a realistic goal. Another game you should look into. This is a game that I had on PC back in like 1988. And we always loved this game, my family. Win, lose or draw. You remember that show? So there was a good win, win, lose, or draw game out in like the late 80s for, for DOS. And I just picture that in my mind, like when you say Family Feud and you love a Family Feud. That's where my, my, my mind goes back to that win, lose, or draw game. That was a lot of fun and makes me want to kind of play that again. There's a whole subset of like game show games. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's actually a good, uh, good expect topic. Game show games. That'd be cool. I'm down. My next resolution is something that I started last year, and I even talked about it on the show, um, but I never really got it set up all the way, which is I want to fix my Dolphin emulator and my Wiimote connection so that I can beat Captain Rainbow. I was able to get the Wiimote to connect to Dolphin emulator for one glorious day. I don't know what I did. Like all the stars aligned and it just, it, it happened. It came on after about two hours of effort and it finally worked. And then I played through Captain Rainbow. Um, I think I probably put probably two hours, three hours into that game, at least maybe even more. But once I reset my computer that day, that was it. I could not get the Wiimote to connect again. And I enjoyed my time with Captain Rainbow 
Rainbow I loved, and I finally got to play this game that I wanted to play for so long. And I want more. I want to. I want to beat that game. I want to play all the way through it. Those guys who made that game, Skip, same developers as Chibi Robo, and some of them made Moon as well. I don't know. They got some kind of magic. Every one of their games has this absolutely unique charm to it that is just enticing and makes me want to play through all their games. Um, I want to sit through and buckle down and figure out the tech and what's going on between the, the Wii Remote and the Dolphin and get it to actually work again. So the issue specifically was with the pointer. Like I can register buttons on the button presses on the Wii Remote, but using the pointer with Dolphin for whatever reason, it's not coming through and you have to do it. You have to have the pointer in order to even start the game the way it's set up. You can't hit the start button by using the D-pad or anything like that. You have to point at the TV. There's a TV in the game. You have to point at the TV to hit the start button that's on the TV. So can't even start it without the pointer controls. I'm going to fix that. And I'm going to play through Captain Rainbow. That's my resolution number two. So you also want to beat it as part of the resolution? I also want to beat it, yep. Okay, okay. So I know there's a lot of forums and stuff about Dolphin on online. I hear I see people talking about it all the time in comment threads as far as like, you know, well, I wish I could play this game, but it's too expensive. And they're like, download Dolphin. So, I mean, I know mm. it's it's used enough that there's probably FAQs and stuff that could help you out. But I also feel like you probably already looked into that. But I hope, I hope the best for you. I mean, you've got a fairly new computer, so. Yeah, I got my computer last year or 2020. Yep. You would think that a lot of other people would have these same issues that you could kind of connect with in some way, if, if only just to see like how they solve the problem. Yeah, I'm sure it's doable. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's doable because I I did it once. I just don't know what was that I did that made it work. So I'm I'm so mo- like, I I hate these technical issues. Like I'm not really a technical type person. I don't like c- computer issues. I tend to spend about ten minutes on something and then I just give up as far as you know tech problems and all that stuff. But I am motivated by the quality of that game. I thought it was just so charming so fun and i want to play through it so i'm gonna make it happen cool yeah i hope uh i hope you do uh, my last thing is not quite as realistic of a goal but i think that at least half of it is so this year i want to get a ps5 and a big Ooh. reason i want to get the ps5 is because of a little annou- a little announcement that happened yesterday psvr Two. Two. I was actually just looking at that right before the show. So it's uh I don't really care that they've got a new horizon game on it on it or whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I'm intrigued by the concept because I really want to get into VR. And this looks like you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be like you know, like high and computer level VR finally on a console. And yeah, I they think, got eye tracking. So yeah, I was just saying I think PS4 was like pretty high level, but you know, that console was made in like 2013 or 2014, whenever it was. So I mean, right. it was already, and it probably it probably wasn't designed from the ground up for VR, whereas I imagine the PS5 is. They were forward thinking enough. Yeah, I mean, that had to be integrated. They saw that that was what was going to happen. So it would be like, yeah, probably the most accessible consumer level VR other than Oculus, yep. which in my opinion, I kind of want to stay away from. Who knows? Maybe eventually I'll buy a $200 headset or maybe I'll find one for cheaper and I'll give it a try because I am intrigued by Beat Saber and a few other games that I think would probably justify the purchase if they were fun enough. Beat Saber alone would justify the purchase, especially with your love of music games. Like you would love Beat Saber. Yeah. So, I mean, I've thought about it and also like Minecraft VR, I think would be a lot of fun. I think I would like that. I would probably have a heart attack from when a creeper came up behind me, but would I get the whole PS5 and PSVR setup this year? I don't know. That's probably going to be really expensive. I imagine the VR setup is going to be at least 300 by itself. So we're looking at just for that, those two things, that's over $800 conceivably. Yeah. And I then think I PSVR also- one was like 400, wasn't it? Yeah. 
So I'm like yeah. just being conservative here. It might be 400 for a full setup with the controllers. And everything. Yeah, the eye tracking though, that's really cool. Yeah, and you don't need any external cameras because everything's built into the, the headset because it has cameras. Oh, you it. don't? Yeah, it uses cameras to like create your environment like from itself rather than that's cool. the opposite. But yeah, the other thing is that I want a new TV and I've been talking about that for a really long time and I think it's it'll definitely happen this year. So at least that half of my goal will happen. But the new TV will be new issues. I'll want a new entertainment center and then i'll want a new storage solution for my consoles and that's just going to open up a whole can of worms where i'm like is the ps5 important yet it really isn't there's still not a game on there that i really really want to play that i couldn't play some other way right now so is it justified no but it's one of my it's one of my dreams and one of my goals for the year my final goal for the year gaming wise anyway is fix miss pac-man i miss pac-man machine she don't work no more yeah, it, it um, last time I tried to start it up, it just kind of has some gobbledygook on the screen. Um, I'd fixed it previously where it was just a matter of a wire had, was hanging loose and was able to tighten that up. And, but I'd like to get a full diagnostic on it and really figure out like, okay, what is going bad? What needs to be replaced? And how can we make her work like new again? And for that, I would almost certainly have to just hire somebody to do it. I don't know how much that would cost. And I don't even know if there's anybody out here who specializes in that kind of thing. Um, it's going to be a project to figure out how to go about fixing it, uh, let alone fixing it. You know so, what a good start would be? What's that? Well, well, one, okay, I've got two ideas. One of them is uh, Trey has me added to a Facebook group that's Midwest arcade collectors. And they often okay. talk about like, hey, I'm having this problem. like, And then they'll give ideas of like what it could be causing it. So that's a great place to go. And then another place would be Galloping Ghost. Go to that there's forums and be like hey i know you blah 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 and you can at least like put it out there even if doc mac didn't directly answer your question like someone in the community mm. would probably be like oh hey yeah blah 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 i know about that so right that's or they two might just say i would say yeah i know somebody who's in that area who fixes machines yep. it's got to be somebody i mean you're like happen. you're within a few hours of like, well not a few but conceivably you're close to the kind of like the epicenter of where arcades were being made back in the 70s and 80s right there's actually a store you're not a store but a um sort of a it's like a galloping ghost but for ancient arcade machines it's called uh what's it called marvin's marvelous machine uh, i'm blanking on the name of the place exactly but it's it's about 20 minutes from me right now um and they have like they have like pre-video game arcade machines the you know penny slots and you know watch mm -hmm. the little mechanical horse race that kind of thing like the little so, games where you shoot the little metal balls at targets and stuff correct correct and so like there's people who are interested in arcade machine type stuff out here and there's got to be somebody who would be able to fix a miss pac-man machine hopefully it's for a reasonable price you know but mm -hmm. uh i imagine it's going to be a couple hundred bucks to get somebody out and then to actually replace the parts and all that i, mm -hmm. I don't know you never know it could be something as easy as like replacing the capacitors which i couldn't do but i i, I hear like a lot of times that for someone who you know does a lot of soldering that's not a, a really hard fix and Sometimes I can mm -hmm. just make things work right again. Yeah, that's my goal. I'm not going to give up on Miss Pac-Man. I went through too much to get her here. And, you know, Trey helped and actually Otis helped, who's going to be on next week. So yeah, it's worth it. I'm going to fix it up. Well, I hope we can all complete our goals this year. And, uh, you know, that's one good thing about the podcast is that we'll be here every week to check on each other. And I don't know so much as holding each other accountable, but, you know, we'll be able to talk about our re resolutions as the year goes on. And maybe next year we'll, uh, we'll go over these ones and see what we actually accomplished and set some new ones. Maybe it'll be a tradition. I like that idea. Yeah, every year, just like our Christmas episode and our top 10 episode, doing a New Year's episode. Just have yeah, like a, that's a good idea. A triad of uh, annual events. I like it.
Well, anyway, yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Thanks for listening. We're glad to have you. As we said, we're going to keep this going. Even if all of us can't be here, we like to provide you with at least some content every week as much as we can with rare occasions. So glad we could do that for you this week and glad you're here to listen to it. But in the meantime, if you want to hear more from us, you can just look for us online, nintendomainpodcast.com. I mean, obviously you found us already, but but you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash Main and have access to lots more content. Yeah, it's just a, a dollar a month extra and you'll get one bonus episode a month in addition to access to video and other things. I don't know. There's a lot of different things on there at the different tier level, but a dollar at a dollar, you get access to all of our expansion pad pack content, which we just did an episode about our favorite video game commercials or ones that stuck with us, I guess, our most memorable old school video game commercials. And I thought that episode was a lot of fun. Trey edited it really nicely. We had like some some cool clips in there and stuff. So listen to that if you want a nostalgia trip back to the days. We got 37 episodes of X-Pack on there. So it's a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. We've got live shows. We've got interviews and yeah, we've got topical shows that are a little less, you know, they're a little more evergreen than our standard topical content. But uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. You can find us on Twitter at, you can find Trey at Nintendo underscore domain. You can find me at J-M-A-K-S-T-A-K. That's J-Max Stack. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can just reach out to us at Nintendo Main, or yeah, Nintendo Main podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Mikowski. I'm John Nitter. And we'll see ya. See ya.